Just to clarify, these views that we speak of on our podcast are 100% our own and not those associated to anyone from Luton Town Football Club. Thank you very much. Welcome to Owen the Town, I'm Luke Gregory and here's what's coming up today. Luton make it three wins in a row and climb into the championship top six and what a hard fought win it was. 1-0 over Derby and today me and Batara will be discussing that game in a little bit more detail and honestly what a week it's been for Danny Hilton. Two goals in two games and let's be honest has fired us to four or six massive points sorry. Let's talk about Danny Hilton today. Has he proved the doubters wrong? Does he deserve to start against Chelsea? Does he get to deserve a start in place against Middlesbrough? We'll be discussing that today. And also a few of your Instagram questions and we'll head look ahead to that Chelsea game because it's a big one for us. Um, so big week. And I'm very excited just about everything to do with football right now. It's brilliant, isn't it? Uh, Batara's with me today. Dave has bottled it. He's not here tonight. He's uh, he's off somewhere, any Batara. How are you, mate? Oh, you're on mic three. There you go. There we go. You use your mic mate for not uh, <laughs> speaking up enough, but there we go. That's how I'm mic up. But no, I'm good, mate. How are you? Yeah, Dave's glad he's not here today, isn't he? I, he was going to me earlier, look, I might be back at like half ten. I'm like, mm. I doubt it. In all fairness, we have to give him 25 minutes, but we've decided to start. Dave, you're listening. Obviously, you'll be He'll listening be back. Listening. Then, um, sorry, but no one really cares. <laughs> well, let's talk about the weekend. What a win it was. Made it three wins in a week. And we had that brilliant win over Stoke midweek. And you come into this game on Saturday and you're thinking, all right, Derby, yeah, they're in the bottom three. Yeah, they've had 21 points deducted. It's going to be a tough game. But we did kind of go into that maybe expecting to win as fans. Well, would you not expect to win if you'd been fighting for the playoff spot? All right, albeit with a lot of games to go. But if you want to end up in the season... Sorry, end up fucking out. We'll start again. <laughs> <laughs> if you end up the season in that sixth position, yeah, then you want to be winning those kind of games. And with all due respect to Derby County, they are they have been a very good side this season. And it's not, it's, you know, you've got to take all the positives you can from that. Yeah, they've been pretty good, haven't they? Especially yeah. under under Rooney, they've definitely looked like they could potentially be getting out of trouble. But mm-hmm. I think their last few results haven't gone their way, so it's looking tough again for them. But I felt like we ground out a win again and we weren't at our best like we weren't against Barnsley the other week but all importantly we got that one big chance and we took it which like you say we keep winning though win it ugly win it however you want to do it just win the game just keep winning uh, let's it. get into some three word reviews then before we discuss the game in a little bit more detail Barney says nine point week Neville hello Premier League Dave says is it happening Ian grinding out results Connor says subs win games Lee credit to NJ Colin says team spirit wins. Mark, what a squad. Martin says little old Luton and Mark and many others said super Danny mm-hmm. Hilton. Loads of good three word reviews there, isn't it? Um, but I guess like Ian says they're grinding our results. We just we just touched on that and it's it's important in any league you're in, if you're not playing well, it is it's a yep. sign of a good team, everyone always says, is if you can grind out a result when you're not playing well, it it means you're doing something right. Well, of course. I mean winning's winning at the end of the day. It doesn't matter if you have like 20% of the ball the whole game, have three shots and you score two goals and win the game 
compared to a team that have had 18 shots and how much how much position, but it doesn't matter. But the thing is for me on here, right, is what a squad that Mark says, what's a squad we have, in all fairness? Because I'll tell you what, every single week, we've always said it, the team changes due to injury, suspension, whatever else, it doesn't matter. But the fact that these guys come in and they do a job, we sometimes have players come back from sort of like, you know, five, six, seven weeks out with an injury, come back, do a job. Yeah. The quality, man. They are all quality players. And there's not a single player in there that I look at and go, oh, fuck me, why is he playing? Did you see Rooney's comments the other day after the game? About them not being great individuals? Yeah. He was a fucking idiot, didn't he? Let's face it, all right, all-time a goal scorer or whatever, but, mate, I don't know why he's saying that. Maybe he's, you know, maybe he's just a bit pissed. I don't know. I did read comments online and they're saying, like, if anyone <laughs> should know that games aren't won by individuals anyway, it should be a player like Wayne Rooney who's been in yeah. Man United squads that... Let's be honest, you look at them now and you go, how they won so many trophies yeah. with the players. It's because they were a squad. And the thing so, is, I think if we was picking those kind of players as well, I think that would be disrespectful as well from us. I'd say like, if we, if we was going to pinpoint sort of like your John O'Shea's or your Wes Browns, them, them kind yeah, of people yeah. that he won the league with. But look, I mean, he, I don't understand why he said that and what's the point in what he's saying. But, you know, he's obviously a bit angry, isn't he? So, let's face it, he's obviously a, he's a scouser, so I understand it, but... At the same time, I don't think it's fair that he said that you know they're not great individuals because they are great individuals. Because a great individual can do a job in the team, they can do also do a job by themselves and win games by themselves. And when we're not at our best, all right, it's not always a team effort. Sometimes there's a, there's a couple of players in there, moments of brilliance that you know keep us in it. So yeah, and let's be honest, it's, it's, ways. it's like. Colin says here in Three Word Review, he says, team spirit wins. And if you're going to offer me a team of individuals and be in their position, not like, obviously, Derby in their position with point deductions, but even without their point deduction, they're still 17th, 18th position. Yeah. And you think, all right, well, I'd rather have the team we have. I'd rather have the players. I'd rather Gabe Osho, who, who at the moment I'm looking at going, what, what a brilliant player he is going to be. I'd rather have Elijah and Alan Campbell and James Bree and, Amari Bell and players like that because yeah they're not brilliant individuals yet but these players are but aren't they well I think they could walk into Derby's team 100% they could walk into Derby's team mate. they're much better than, I mean you like you say nothing's won on paper right but if you want that he wants to compare on paper and whatever else our 11 versus their 11 I'll smash the shit out of theirs realistically but I think people look at you know the What's the word? The, um, what do you call it? The, uh, where are you going with that one, mate? <laughs> no, 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 it's not the players, for example, like, look at certain individuals because they cost so much money. Well, that's what I kind of meant. I, I think I kind of worded what I said wrong now. I said they weren't great. I think what I meant is, like you said, we haven't gone out and spent £5 million on one of our players like they did with Tom Lawrence and I think their fullbacks yeah. cost quite a bit of money, but, this is what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. Like, if people go out there, right, and you see on Sky Sports News that, well, a lot of these armchair fans will look at Sky Sports News and go, oh, hang on a minute, someone have signed someone in the championship for seven or eight million pounds. Oh, they must be a good player. Yeah, exactly. And all of a sudden, yeah. they're looking at those kind of players and going, oh, shit, you know, they're not doing what they're doing. These are great players. Why are they great players? Because they're worth 12, 15 million pounds. We, we've got players worth 300k. 
They're great they're better yeah, than exactly. some players that were in that league that were worth eight million pounds. I think that's supposedly in my head where I was trying to yeah. go with that, and I kind of misworded and it. That's but where I was trying to go yeah, as yeah. well. When I got a bit of a brain block, and <laughs> well, I was I'm glad to, we yeah. agreed. There we go. Anyway, yeah, let's go. talk about the game then. There was one change from midweek with Hilton on the bench this time, and Lansbury coming in. And let's be honest, Hilton put a real shift in midweek. And I can't remember how many years ago you said on the podcast you'd like to see Danny Hilton as a number ten, but uh, you definitely know, saw like, it. I'm so happy you said that. Because I'll be, I'll be, I'll you mentioned ages ago, I've been shooting that one all week. Yeah. Sitting there going, I'll fucking crack it out there, number ten. Yeah, mate, twice in one week, and guess what? Two goals. Am I still an idiot? <laughs> yes, I am. But you I'll are, take yeah. credit for this. In all fairness, uh, it's Robert Snodgrass, what a signing, by the way. Um, he was on the bench. We signed him on Friday. Just a quick word on signing Robert Snodgrass because I told my girlfriend and she kind of took the piss and said that he's too old and he's past it now. But let's be honest. I, 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 and I said to her, I was like, look, I've been supporting Luton for so long that back in the conference days, we'd sign a player and it'd be some nobody from like Braintree or something. And I said, just to be signing a player, Andy Parry, the name of like Robert Snodgrass, I just, it's just exciting. It's it's huge for our football club and just shows how far we've come from no disrespect to Andy Parry. Mm-hmm. And if Andy Parry is somehow listening to this, sorry, this isn't about no, you. But friends, I used to like Andy Parry, friends. Yeah, but like but how anyway. far we've come from signing Gateshead striker John Shaw or Andre Bucco back in the day to Paul Carden to signing Robert Snodgrass, who was one of Villa's best players, one of West Ham's best players, you know, it's levels, isn't it? And it just shows yeah. how far we've come. And in all fairness, it weren't so long ago that he was playing for West Ham and putting a shift in the Premier League and playing for West Brom, I think, in the Premier League as well. You know, it's still a player that played Premier League football up until last season, the season before. So, you know, it, people could take the piss all they'd like, but... Yeah, Amber. Yeah, listen, Amber, I know you will be. <laughs> what are you talking about? That's no, but, it's, but it's, 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 it's true. good, though, for the club to have a player like this quality to come in in a situation where potentially we're going to need experience and he's definitely got that and like Nathan Jones has said maybe just a little bit more quality to help us potentially get into the the blend playoffs the top six look in all fairness as well in and around the club as well he seems like a good character as well we all know this and we, we saw it with um, Cameron Jerome as well so he took his time to get into it I mean we're Snodgrass we know what he's about great at their balls very intelligent player. All right, he's 34 years of age now. Might not be the best, as in like physical ability or agility and whatever else and blah, blah, blah. Anyway, that doesn't matter. But if we've got experience heading the team and he, you know, he still comes up with a couple of assists here and there and maybe a couple of goals that, you know, pushes on with, gets us maybe, even if it gains us like five, six points in the season, yep. those five, six points could, could be, be crucial vital. to us. Yeah. Could be vital. Could be um, massive. We've got so much to carry on talking about because we were talking off, off air about how many potentially points-wise we're going to need to yeah. get in the playoffs. And let's just carry on talking about the game first. To be honest, not a lot even happened in the game. It was a pretty poor game, a pretty dull game to watch, especially in that first half. Apart from Derby having that open goal in the first few minutes, nothing really happened. You say uh, open goal. It was, it, yeah, look, it was oh, a the chance. Pullback, it, was a chance sorry, it, wasn't, it wasn't a massive chance, though. It was, you know, it was quite behind and... Yeah. As people on the line. Look, I was, I was never fearing... Personally, but you know, a lot no, of people might. But look, it's it's one of those ones. But look, we create more chances than what they created probably in the last three games. In all fairness, yeah, without being horrible or disrespectful 
but you know Wayne Rooney was saying you know you know we've got better players and whatever else fuck you Wayne Rooney <laughs> we are we haven't created fuck all we should create more new so go fuck yourself lovely no look, um, it's true though isn't it it's no it is true uh into the second half, Steer pulled off a brilliant save to keep the scores level. It was a shot from Bird. It was tipped onto the crossbar. And this all came from, I think it was a, a set piece from Derby. And Steer comes out, I guess, a brilliant punch mm-hmm. to it. He gets quite a bit of distance to it. And he's had to like backtrack to tip it onto the crossbar. But it was a brilliant save. And that's, I guess, moments where we need our goalkeeper to step up and keep us in the game. Yeah. And like we had this conversation didn't we, last week about Jed Steer. And, you know, about the whole James... Uh, James Shea saga as well why is he out of the team but look I'll, I'll be honest I can't take it back a little bit I mean I'm, you know I'm a massive fan of James Shea I mean we all are at the football club but I'll tell you what Jed Steer mate he does look like a, play, good, like a good looks goalkeeper good. he looks very you know comfortable with his hands he's not the tallest of blokes as we all know but Jesus Christ he he controls what's around him should we talk That's, about um, the goal. Cameron Jerome came on for Cornick. Hilton was on at this point already for Lansbury. Went off injured, and these two combine and, and both of them on the score sheet in midweek against Stoke. And then they come up with another massive opportunity in the game. Jerome's little knockdown. Hilton with the composure to cut back onto his right foot, and then the accuracy to put it in the bottom corner. And look, let's be honest. I think there's a lot of Luton fans out there who are listening to this right now and can just sit there and agree and hold up the hand and go, all right, I was wrong about Danny Hilton. And not in a way of being horrible, but a lot of Luton fans were going, if we want to progress, is Danny Hilton the man to help take us forward? And let's be honest, in the last week, the answer to that is clearly yes. So I I, I admit, I'd put my hands on and go, I was wrong. I was sitting there with a smug look at my face. Yeah. It's, it's great, isn't it? But mate, we look. No one knew that he would score two goals in a week, obviously. But I think we need to give Hilton more credit what he's due. I think many people thought he's passed it. He had a few injuries. He was out for a lot of the time. But mate, the guy is still clever. He has a footballing brain, a real footballing brain. You know, some of these players out there, they rely on their bodies too much. For example, you know, pace and your whatever else. Anyway, but. Danny Hilton don't rely on that. He relies on his brain. And I, I tell you what, it's, it's just good to see him score at the Kenilworth again. It really well, is. Well, it's been three years. Mate, it's, do you know what? It's almost Close like... Close to the mic, please. Yeah, there we go. Shush. Yeah. yeah, get out. But it's almost like when he scored, it wasn't the fact that we were winning the game. Well, maybe it was, but that might absolute bollocks on my behalf. But it was the fact that Danny Hilton scored it. Yeah. That was more important. And I said to you earlier, didn't I? I wanted him to milk it a little bit more. Yeah. I kept saying to you, milk it, Danny. Just milk it a bit more. Especially after the game. I mean, he was a bit shy to come forward a little bit, wasn't he? I think it was Naismith that had to push him a little bit to go forward and say, have a little go with the fans. But, mate, honestly, like Danny Hilton, there was talks about him going to League 2 and League 1. Fuck is that about? This is Danny Hilton, mate. He's good enough to be at Luton Town and he's doing it. He's doing the job. And it was a brilliant finish as well. And you look at the, if you look at the goal back, the way he does cut onto his right foot and then maybe any other player in that position goes, all right, I've got the ball. I've got a chance to shoot. And they just lash at it or smash it. But the composure, just to kind of like roll it into that mm. bottom left corner, away from the keeper, away from the defender, was just brilliant. And it's like you said, it, 
it's in that situation where you don't have to be the quickest player or the strongest player, just the intelligence mm-hmm. to get it back onto that, that right foot and just put it in that bottom corner was brilliant. And midweek against Stoke, you could say the same thing with the intelligence to get in front of the defender on that what, front yeah. post to knock it in. That finish though, midweek. Can we just, can we just talk about that for a second? That, that finish midweek. Beautiful. Phenomenal. I tell you what, if a player scores that, you know, the Premier League level, they go, oh, wow, what a, what a bit of movement, what a finish. That needs some respect, some serious respect. Because that's almost like Danny Hilton. You know, he would do that at League One level, but he wouldn't have to do, he wouldn't have to move that quick and whatever else. But I tell you yeah, what, it's great. It's just great. We'll carry on it. talking about Danny Hilton in a minute because he is our player focus today. Um, we did have a couple more chances to score a few more goals. Uh, Bree was found by Onyedinma on the right-hand side. His shot was kind of straight at the keeper. Also, I think Jerome had a header from a corner. And apart from that, Derby didn't really like scoring us. I sat with Dave and he was going, you know, Derby are going to score. I was like, nah, nah, we're fine. We are so fine. Apart from at the end where Hilton, instead of playing the ball left to Onyedinma, kind of got tackled. He passed it back to Bell. It was like intercepted and that's how they got their last minute corner. Oh, yes. Yeah. And I was a bit like, Okay, I'm a little bit scared because their keeper came up. But as soon as we cleared that, I was like, no, we're fine. We are fine. And the full-time whistle went. Our third win in a row. Climbed up to sixth place in the table. Producer Jacobs reeled off some stats here on the running order. Unbeaten in eight home league games. Jerome has two goals and two assists in his last three. That was Hilton's first goal at Kenilworth Road since the 4-0 win against Doncaster back in 2019. That's thanks to Mike Simmons, LTFC News on Twitter. And the last time Luton registered three wins in a row in the second tier was back in the 1995 to 96 campaign where I would have been one years old. One year old. And that's from Mike as well on socials. Thanks, Mike. Um, so it was, it's a big milestone, man. We're making history as we're going along. I love it. And I'll tell you what's really interesting. And I spoke about, about you. I spoke to... You know, you just feel like you want to start the podcast all over again. That's what I'm feeling right no, now. No, that's, that's me most of the time, in all fairness. Sorry. We'll carry on. Um, and I'll try and say that again. I was chatting to someone at work today uh, who works in the analyst department, and he's got mates who work at clubs in the championship, Sheffield United and Middlesbrough. And basically, he said to me today, he was chatting to one of his mates who work at another championship club. Apparently, they have said, Luton Town in the championship are the best team out of possession that he's seen. And I, when he told me that, I got a little bit excited because I, I respect these guys. They know what they're talking about when it comes to analysis and, and, and football and stuff. So for them to say that Luton are the best team in the championship out of possession... But are you surprised you think, though? Are you surprised at that? Is that? Uh, a, a little. I'd say really? a little, but not because I doubt us, but in my head, it's just a bit surreal that maybe someone from another yeah. club looks at Luton and go out of every single team in that championship that's including Fulham and Bournemouth and it's like we say we're not we haven't got the million pounds worth of players in our team for us to be the best out of possession in the league is an unreal achievement especially if other teams around us are thinking that but then also it's, like you said it's a great achievement but a bigger achievement would be to put that into practice and finish in the top six like you say so Realistically, yeah, we can have these stats and people can look at us and do that, but it probably means nothing unless we do something with it. Yeah, 100%. But no, like you say, it's unreal that that's what people are looking at. And I'll be honest, I'm not really surprised at that either. I mean, I look at us all the time and I think how well drilled we are and we've got players in that team that press the crap out of, you know. Well, is that also, though, why potentially if we're so good off the ball and out of possession, 
why we are having so many clean sheets this season and it's and it is grinding out mm-hmm. these 1-0 wins because of our work off the ball and out of possession. I think you have to look at the players as well. I mean, I think Jones has got a, a thing in place there as well. Like, like so obviously it's hard work and even your attacking players that we've got in the squad, for uh, for example, like even with Clark's playing, for example, like him, Clark works his absolute nuts off, doesn't he? I mean, you've got Campbell. Campbell's now starting to do it forward and backwards. Pelly, we, we all know what Pelly's about anyway. Pelly's Pelly. But, I mean, even these new players that he's brought into the club as well, or, you know, the, the team that's evolved from sort of the last few years. I mean, even your, your strikers, they all work hard, don't they? I mean, yeah. it's ridiculous now. I mean, we're seeing something different to even Cornick from the last two years. I mean, Addy Bio's come in, yeah, does a great job, but also, like, presses the front, the sort of like the back three to in the, or the back four from the position. It, it's just great to see, isn't it? it realistically, it is. And that's what we want. To t- we want a team. Like I'm sure they would sit here now and go, "It's a team that we want to be proud of." We're Definitely, proud of yeah. yeah we're very proud of a team. Definitely, that does this. It's not like we sit there like West Brom tonight and watch them. And they were absolutely useless, weren't they? And we're West Brom. We got fucking Nathan like, Jones says it all the time. Though he goes, good. and he he says, especially like with Alan Campbell's performances recently, he goes, "I think Luton fans look at Alan Campbell and see themselves on the pitch, and that's given that 100 percent and." fighting for the shirt and running everywhere and for for me has been brilliant this calendar year I think Alan Campbell's been phenomenal and probably one of our Mate, best players if not our best player and I, I was like I said beginning of the season we'll see the best out of Alan Campbell you know I was a massive fan of Alan obviously Campbell it's taken him a while to yeah. get going no but yeah, in all fairness a little bit but I think it's ne- we've never really doubted what he did off the ball yeah I like to say, like, we like to see all of us in Alan Campbell. I mean, if you, you saw me, mate, in all fairness, I saw myself, I put like a fat Mr. Blobby, like, running for a kebab. <laughs> let's face it. I mean, I, I wish I could do what Alan Campbell did. I wish I could even move like him. That would be but, great you know. if you could, mate. But unfortunately, you've got the movement of Andy Carroll. I'll tell you that as well. But yeah, in all fairness, it's, like I say, I think everyone would love to be Alan Campbell on a full pitch. But no. Something else we spoke about before we started tonight was... And look, we are dreaming still, but being in the top six now, you kind of think, I really do want to stay there. So how many points are we going to need to stay in the top six? And we did have a look at the tables over the last 10, 10 years. And it does seem to be like, if you can get to that 75 point, 78 point mark, 77, that's be that sure. you've got a good chance. I think there's only one year where you had to get 81 to get in. And that was just a season where the championship was ridiculous. You had like Newcastle and Brighton and stuff in it. But mm-hmm. Last year, I think 77 was enough, 75 well, was I enough. Think, so. I think this season's ridiculous as well, in all fairness, quality-wise. I mean, yeah, yeah. look how tight the table was up until about... I mean, it's, it's still quite tight, but look how tight it was up until five games ago, six games ago. You had teams back in 16th place that were, you know, four points or five points off 10th Away, place yeah. or ninth place or whatever else. And then the difference between that and the playoffs was probably about nine, eight points. So it's not, it's not too far off, but I think... Nowadays, I think it's more of a level playing field when it comes to teams and the, not so much the budgets, but I don't think that matters anymore. So out of our too much quality coming through now. Teams teams release players too easily or yeah. they, you know what I'm saying? It's, and we, you know, fortunately for teams like, teams like Luton, we, teams as like they Luton. would say, as they would say though, people say, teams like Luton, but for us, we'll take advantage of that. I mean, people are stating Amari Bell. Left Blackburn, people, Blackburn fans are going, oh, shit, he's this, he's that. And I'm thinking, come on, man, do you know what I mean? Well, 
he's been he's been uh, I think he's been, been very brilliant. good for us. He's a bit casual sometimes, but brilliant player. So a question for you then, out of our remaining thirteen games, how many do we need to win to stay in the top six? You're asking me that one. I'm asking you that one. Out of the last thirteen. I just think we need to get to about seventy between seventy five and seventy eight points, whatever that matters out to be. So what we're on fifty four, fifty five at the moment. Seven wins, six wins. Six wins, three draws. But maybe even not even that if we're drawing quite a bit. Um, I think we need to get another four or five home wins, and then we'll take the take the points. Well, you reel off some there. of the home games, and this will be interesting to hear your thoughts on this. Um, get us on socials though when the town and producer Jacob put up a post, and we'll we'll see what the general reaction is to this. But the likes of home games still to come: Millwall, Reading, Preston. Um, we've still got to play Peterborough away, Forest at home. You know, we've we've still got winnable games. Still, games you look at and go, we can pick up points here. Every game's winnable, though. Yeah, I wouldn't necessarily look at a Peterborough or a Millwall, for example, and especially a QPR. I wouldn't really look at them, those kind of games, but I'd look at just any game, any game where we can. For example, look, let's face it, we play Stoke on Tuesday, Wednesday. Was it Wednesday night? Wednesday, yeah. Wednesday night, wasn't it? We play Stoke, and realistically, who really thought that we were going to get three points against those? away from home no one really but in the end we deserved it we came away with three points and we can keep sort of like breaking the whole barrier of not getting points against these teams that we've never got points off against who why can't we exactly, exactly. who knows, who knows what we can do I mean there's, there's teams out there that people look at and go oh yeah you know I'm telling you now people in pubs on a Saturday going oh yeah yeah Luton are playing like, for example Fulham today or playing like in Millwall and oh Luton are like two to one and they're clearly not going to win that well, it's like I said to you know, as football. well earlier I put up on my Instagram story the other day of the, the league table, which I think Jacob put up on Owen the Towns. And mm-hmm. I had a work colleague reply saying, it's not going to happen, mate. And I was just like, why not? It's, it's just because the name Luton Town to people, they look at it and go, oh, not a chance. But it's just like, we've got the squad, we've got the players at the moment that have got us into this position that are on an incredible run of form in the championship that are only getting better, I feel. And... I just think, like, why not? And it's not just because we're looting town. It's not even a full strength team either, really. Exactly. Well, you say sorry, not full strength team as such because they're all good enough. But it's not a team that we look at and go, "Oh, we've got X amount of players in this position. We can swap it up here." We haven't got that. We haven't got that luxury at the moment. Isn't you'd say we're missing Sonny Bradley at the moment? Arguably one of our better centre halves. Who's let's be honest, we've done well without him, but he's a big part of our team That's and a big a part of our squad and. Even Clarkie as well. He's been out for the last six yeah. games or whatever. He's Pelly's been out for the last couple. I think yeah, he'll be so back soon as well. So look, let's face it. No, mate. Uh, we've got to hear about right. his Danny, Danny Hilton proving the doubters wrong. I think Luton Town keep proving them doubters wrong. And mm-hmm. everyone will, if, if Luton get in the playoffs, every club in them playoffs will be going, I want Luton. And we'll be sitting there going, bring it on. Yeah, you come to the Kenny on a May, Tuesday night for that first leg and see how you get on. Sorry, just can we just all imagine how good that's going to be? Like, sun setting at like half past eight in the evening. It's going to be like warm. You'll turn up in shirts and shorts. Half a day in the pub from midday. Two nil home win in that first leg. Get to Wembley. Forty thousand Luton fans. Oh, oh dream. Fucking. It dream. would be the dream, wouldn't it? It's actually the dream. Um, let's move on to talk about Danny Hilton then. Has he proved the doubt was wrong? And would you start him against Chelsea? The two questions we went for today. So, just on Chelsea, do you start Danny Hilton or do we change the team much? Because 
realistically, Middlesbrough away on Saturday is a bigger game. Um, I just think whoever we've got fit, and obviously it sounds so like you know cliche, but whoever fits the bill. I mean, personally, I would not start Danny Hilton. No, that's if, for example, we have got your Clark's fit, your Pelly's fit. Lansbury's I wouldn't start Hilton no I'd get Alibio I'd get Corn, de- definitely get Cornick on there a lot of people might go maybe not but I think you know it's going to be one of those games of when you win possession or you press up you've got to have high intensity you need an outlet but not for me no right you uh, I think it's a tough one I would love to see Elijah Adebayo get a start and yeah you know just kind of put him on that that world platform because let's be honest this game's going to be watched around the world it's live on BBC One it's going to be watched by millions I want Elijah to go and put a show on and go I'm the best striker in the championship because I've bigged him up a bit mate we've all bigged him up he's we all know how good he is though let's let's come on it's I think like you're saying though we'd like to see you know your casual armchair fans in the Premier League going oh is that a violent he's that right? a decent player yeah yeah that's good but no, I'd like to see that. Hopefully, if he's fit, if he's fit though. But do you know what? I think even like someone like Fred would do all right in a game against Chelsea. I think we need pace. No, no, I agree. Yeah, definitely. But then again, we played the two strong, tall centre half, uh, centre forwards in Jerome and Adebayo against West Brom, and they didn't give him a sniff. Them centre half, they were all over them. So it could be the fact that you know if. If Chelsea go with Thiago Silva and Rudiger, that we go with Jerome and Adebayo, and we have the two tall, tall strikers to experience as well. I win knockdowns. Jerome, so. Jerome's experience would be key as well. Definitely. In all fairness, but I'd like to see a lot of pace and a lot of tempo. So save, Chelsea. save Danny Hilton for, for Saturday. So this is what some of you guys said about Danny Hilton. Has he proved the doubt was wrong? Would you start him against Chelsea? James says, he's in superb form, so why not? Even the first 60 minutes, then sub him off. I doubted he'd do anything this season, and I wanted him to go and get proper football somewhere else, but he, blimey, he's proved me wrong. And you look at that and you think, you know, fair play. When people sit there and go, look, maybe at the start of the season, I was doubting his ability or doubting if he was the right person to take us forward. To come back and go, look, I'll put my hands up. I was wrong. Well, look, I mean, not be funny. He's not the only person, that, you know. Sorry, you're not the only person he's proved wrong. Because let's face it, I think probably maybe 8% of the club, or sorry, 8% of the fan base were thinking Daniel was not good enough for championship level. But, look, it's just great, isn't it? It's just mad to think that Daniel was come up through the leagues with us. We all love him. Uh, you know, it could go tits up for him after this, but... Do you it's, know not gone, it's not going to, is it? Do you know what's still nice about our squad at the moment is that we'd, we, the likes of Hilton and Pelly, we still kind of have some of them squad, that squad from, we've got a bit from the conference still with Pelly. We've got a bit from League Two season with, mm-hmm. with Hilts. And it's like, even like James Shea, we've, we've still got bits of the last like five, six, seven years, or in Pelly's case, the last 10 years, still in around the squad. And for me, I just think it makes it so much more special, the fact that we're into the championship playoffs, Hilton's scoring the goal that's currently put us in that place. And you just think like, it's just brilliant, isn't it? It's just, it's such a feel-good atmosphere around the club. That's what we want. It's a dream to think players from five years ago are still here and still contributing in a positive way. 
and making this, the club even better. And producer Jake said to me the other day, texted me, he's like, is Danny Hill on a legend? Oh, it's one of those ones, isn't it? We'll get into it. I mean, Should we leave that with, with you listening? Do you think Danny Hilton's a legend? Was producer Jacob right in asking me that question? I said, for me, not yet, but... I just hate this whole conversation about legend. <laughs> I'm not going to lie to you. I just, it just fucking bums me out a little bit. To be fair, but I think he'll be one you look back up and go, what a striker he was. He was phenomenal in the years we had him. I'll there. tell you what he is. I'll tell you what he is. He's a club favourite. Yeah. He's a, very, he's a very special piece of what we've done in the last That's how many years. That's a lovely way of putting it, Bataro. No, mate, he really is. I think when we think of Danny Hilton, I, I think of Danny Hilton, I just think love. Because, mate, no, just pure love, honestly, for the club. The club loves him, he loves the club, and you can see it as well. Yeah. And what he I does. Love that. No, and what he does, honestly, he, the guy's great in all fairness. And it's not a lot of players that you look at, and when they do work, well, see, well, there is. But you look at certain players in the past that have scored a lot more goals than Danny Hilton, or I just look back at that. Maybe it's because obviously that's where we've grown up, or where I've grown up to look at him. But I just think Danny Hilton, bit of a shit house. Just love him. Just, mate, just love you've it. You've got to love him, ain't you? Jason says, I think he's proved many doubters wrong. His goals have contributed seven points out of nine points, so he's made a big contribution. All strikers play off confidence. Look at Jerome's performances since scoring. And it's like we said about Snodgrass at the start of the podcast. If he can contribute points like that, Danny Hilton's done exactly that. And no, we said we can't knock him. Richard says, turns out he's the best attacking midfielder at the club. Nobody saw that coming, apart from Luke Pataro a couple of years ago when he mentioned playing yeah, Hilton. I don't know if that was two years ago, probably Maybe a bit last longer. season, but... Oh, it was, no, it was League One. Okay. It was okay. League One. Kieran says he deserved the Chelsea start. Some very important goals recently. He's no doubt an influential player in the squad, regardless of age or ability. And you look at you, the reaction from other players when he scored as well, and he's put a post up on social media, and you know all the all the players are like commenting saying like Super Dan, and you just think like clearly around the dressing room and stuff. And we talk about Pelly being a big character, but clearly Hilton is a big character as well. And of course he is. Course he is, mate. It's, it was, it's well, all this stuff that we as well. fans don't see that goes on at the training ground, which we have no idea of. But it's clearly a big reason as to why he is still here, despite the injuries and stuff that's and the lack of first team football in the last year. That's. I think you've only got to look at Danny Hilton's interviews as well. He's he's a cheeky fucker, and let's face it, yeah. you ain't got to look at his interviews and look at what he does. And I think everything about Danny Hilton we all love. I mean, certain people look at him and go, "Oh yeah, he's a prick," this and that. But guess what? They're not Luton fans. <laughs> yeah. We're Luton fans. We love him. I mean, we hate him at Oxford, don't we? Can I tell you what, he causes some absolute problems. Yeah, he but causes everyone problems back in the day. Well, he, and he's still causing problems by well, yeah, goals yeah, yeah. and doing whatever. Do you know what I mean? So let, let's face it, look. We know we know what we're getting from Danny Hilton. Honest. That's what he is. He's an honest bloke. He puts in a shift. He, you know, he knows he's not blessed with like yards of pace and whatever else. But I'll tell you what, the guy... I said at the beginning of the podcast, he has a brain. And his footballing brain is up there with some of the best in the championship. 100%. Grant says, I've seen a few of the doubters actually say they were wrong, so fair play to them. Most of us were always behind Hiltz. The composed way he took his goal yesterday tells you all you need to know. If he's fit enough, I'd have him starting on Wednesday. Rocket says, I think I'd put him on for the final 30. Premier League defenders will find it difficult to handle him and he could force an error. Yeah. James says he's a natural finisher, was always going to score if he, if he was given minutes. Playing just behind the top two or three means it's such easier, uh, it's much easier, sorry, for him to find space as well. 
As for the Chelsea game, whatever suits our system, but Super Dan scoring a win against Chelsea would be the best moment of my life. Whatever happens, Forza Danny Hilton. Let's be honest, if Danny Hilton scores the winner on Wednesday night and oh, sends Luton into the FA Cup quarterfinals. Honestly, I hope he gets naked and gets like an eight match ban or something. <laughs> honestly, that's what he deserves. Not, not an eight match ban, obviously, but he deserves like be noticed. But do you know what? I was saying back about Danny Hilton being a great finisher, right? Um, I had a conversation with my uncle and his mate on Saturday when we back from the game. And obviously bring up James Collins now as well. We love James Collins, obviously great off the ball, work rate and scored some great goals for us. Yeah. But we said, is he a better finisher, Danny Hilton, than James Collins? Realistically. That's, I what, that's what I'd like to know. No, it's a, is he though? Is that a question to put to producer yeah, Jacob? Shall we, shall we put it up there? Is, is Danny Hilton a better finisher? Realistically. Well, than what James Collins was. What James Collins, not basically all love for James Collins as well. But there's nothing against Collins, or we still love him. But is he a, is Danny Hilton a better finisher? That's what we need to know. Should we get into some Instagram questions to finish off? Let's do a few minutes on them. Uh, a few good ones. Let's start with John. How many points from the next three league games? Borough away, Coventry away, QPR home. Nine. Nine would be brilliant. Don't want to be depressing. Do you take four? Do you take four points from mm. them three? I'll be honest, personally, I'll take five. A point. I'll take a point at Borough. I'll, I'll be honest, I want to beat Coventry away. I want to beat QPR. So I'm going for seven. Take seven. Ash says Chelsea score predictions. 1-0 Luton. I'm going to go 1-0 Luton as well. Inside Luton says, will that Carabao Cup final performance affect Chelsea's performance on Wednesday? No. Nah. I did speak about this at work as well today and Chelsea made, what, six subs, I think. And at, at the end of the day, they're, they're elite level athletes. I'll tell you what, right? If an extra 30 minutes is going to affect their, their game. Exactly. Then. I'm not even really funny as well. All right. Will the Cup final affect their performance? They will say yes if they lose. If they win, they'll say no. So absolutely not. And if we beat them, and they complain about it, so we're, f- we're fatigued, this and that, then they can go fuck themselves. That's bullshit. <laughs> it's true. Sorry, excuse my language. Love it. Gary says, how many points do you think the Hats will get at the end of the season? Kind of already touched on that. I think, hopefully, 78 and we're in the playoffs. That'd be brilliant. This guy's 75 plus. At least we, we can say we're giving it a good try. That's the thing. Mike says, if we do get playoffs, can we win them? Why not? It's a game at a time, isn't it? The way I look at the playoffs, and I know I mentioned it earlier about having like that home leg first, because I think if we do get playoffs, it'll be sixth place. I'd rather the away leg first, personally. Yeah, but I do think, you look at the year we, we snuck into the playoffs in the conference, and Wrexham had like gone on some mad run, and they were very unlucky not to get always that year. And we somehow like snuck in and I think there was nearly like 30 points separating Wrexham and Luton. And we had them at home. And we went in that 2-0 lead back to their place. I think Pilkinson with that penalty made it 3-0 in aggregate. And then they made it 3-2. But we hung on. And you just look at that and you think, that year, the gap between the two teams was so big. But it was all irrelevant on that midweek first leg at Kenilworth Road. And you just think... Who's in the top three now? But it's also, like, didn't we go to Wrexham first leg one, one year and win 3-0? 3-0, yeah. Yeah, oh. which was brilliant, obviously, as well. But you look at the championship, championship table right now. As it stands, if the season was to finish right now, we'd play Huddersfield. And you think, imagine we had Huddersfield come in to Kenilworth Road on a midweek game, packed out, and just think like how 
difficult. Like Huddersfield won't want to play that game. Huddersfield came to us early in the season and played for a point. Like, I'll be honest, I wouldn't want to play Huddersfield as well either. Do you know why? Because I think I've said to you before, I don't rate Huddersfield. And I've always said they would never finish... No, sorry. <laughs> Up until November or December time, I said yeah. they would never finish in the playoffs, Huddersfield. And do you know what? I think I might be wrong this year. They're still grinding results, aren't they? West Brom, but I just... I did not rate Huddersfield. I did not rate Huddersfield. But I can't say anything now because they're doing what they need to do. I just honestly am so excited for the rest of this season and every single game at the moment I'm turning up and I I feel like... Do Blackburn. It's just excitement again. And I feel like I haven't had this excitement. Obviously, we had the couple of years off with COVID and, mm-hmm. you know, it's... For me personally, I worked for the the two years we won promotion as well. So for me, going to games more regularly now is so much more exciting than it's, than it's been in a long time. I can't wait for the rest of the season. Uh, we are kind of running out of time. Uh, thanks so much for joining me tonight, mate. It's been good fun. We got there as in the always. end. Yeah. yeah, I did probably talking like that. Yeah, and yeah, I, th- I think we just sleep like that, yeah, flagging it at the start of the show, yeah, won't we? But man, in all fairness, look, look, we sit here, we talk for 40 minutes. I bet you wish we didn't because... You probably get bored after about five minutes because we sit here watching football. Sometimes you fucking think, what are you talking about, Ty? Shut up. Is that Look, it? All right. We've got a massive game against Chelsea coming up. Chance to get to the FA Cup court finals. If we beat Chelsea, get Everton at home, beat them, we'll be in the semi. Sword. FA Cup winning and playoffs. So, well, exactly, mate. That'd be a nice. Nah, way, it's a big it? game. It's going to be a tough game, but enjoy it if you're going. If you're watching it on the telly, enjoy it as well. Um, so, yeah, thank you so much for listening. Yeah. Get us on YouTube, Owen the Town, and get us on socials, Owen the Town as well. 1 0 Luton. 1 0 Luton. Come on, so. town. Enjoy the game. Thank you so much for listening. And if we don't hear from you, we'll see you on Wednesday because we might do a bonus pod. Mm. We'll let you know. But if not, we'll see you next week. <laughs>